0: Hello everybody and welcome to the CPL Newsroom presented by Volkswagen. My name is Christian Jack and week one in the Canadian Premier League is in the books. What a special weekend it certainly was. In total, across the foregrounds, across the country, we had over 20,000 Canadians pour in to watch the games. That's a 67% increase, by the way, on the attendance of week one last year alone. We had goals in every game, three equalizing goals, a surprising away win and one dramatic winner. Out west. Over the next 45 minutes or so, we'll recap it with the team and look ahead, of course, to a very, very busy week starting with the Canadian Championships in midweek and Canadian Premier League in week two next weekend. Let's recap the games, though, this weekend and take a look at the results, which started in the nation's capital on Saturday. Atletico Ottawa won. Halifax Wanderers won. as Zach Fernandez going the 16th was equalized by ollie Bassett just on the stroke of halftime. Further points being shared there in Patrice Geyser's debut as head coach of the Wanderers in Hamilton Forge and The two powerhouses did what they did once last year, and that was draw a game by two goals to two. As Jordan Hamilton's penalty equalised Maya Bevan's early equalising early opening goal, Mickey Cantab's absolute screamer was enough to maybe give them three points until Noah Jensen got the equaliser for the home team to share the spoils. Out West, Manny Aparicio's brilliant half volley ten minutes from time broke the hearts of Vancouver Football Club in their first ever professional game in the Canadian Premier League. And on Sunday, it was a glorious day in the sky but not a glorious day for the home team York United nil Valor FC two a Jonathan Grant own goal and an Anthony Novak goal two goals inside three minutes in the second half was enough for Phil Santos's team to get three points in the opening game of the season we start our news re- recap though in the city of Hamilton and of course the city of champions in the CPL and Hamilton is where we bring in Charlie O'Connor Clark our very own correspondent to break this one down Charlie you were in the hammer two big teams two big rivalries we know that both sides let's get into the five burning questions with you on this one and let's play these highlights for those watching live overall out of 10 what kind of would you what number would you give this in terms of the compelling compelling factor with everything involved
1: being the first one of these i'm not sure where to set the standard for the other games but i'm still going to go with an eight out of ten love it uh this was uh pretty much everything you can ask for in a a football match especially uh, a home opener for forge you know it was a great atmosphere there was drama there was equalizers there were some absolutely incredible goals mickey Cantav being the the most incredible of them i think but uh it was it was just a fantastic back and forth game both teams had you know their moments of ascendancy moments where they were really in a driver's seat and just the the quality of play in this game between two of the cpl's you know undoubted best teams was really you know on full display here
0: yeah, I, I suppose it should be fitting, you no? Know, in, a, in a year where we get a lot of out, you know, some people call it the CPL bangers edition. I'm not sure. I think it still needs a better label than that, Charlie. But in the year <laughs> where we, we always get great goals in the Canadian Premier League, we get an early candidate for goal of the year from Cantav. Yeah, I think that, well, that that was kind of a theme
1: last year on opening weekend as well. And uh, I think Kentav will definitely still be up there at the end of the year because that is just a hell of a strike. But I also want to shout out Noah Jensen's goal here as well because that is a
0: really difficult finish to take it on the volley. Yeah, that's a really good goal by a really good player. We'll get more into Noah Jensen shortly as well. Um, Great, great weather, great crowd, obviously great comebacks as well by Forge. Um, I think actually, I think you wrote it. They were down twice, but only down by a combined 17 minutes. So is it fair to say, despite them being the home team, the reigning champions, that in the end, they were probably the ones who were happier here, Charlie, when you spoke to them after the match?
1: I think so. I think that's probably the case. I mean, Forge have never won a season opener, so Bobby Smirniotis isn't particularly phased by that. But yeah, I think so. The fact that they fell behind twice, they showed that ability we know Forge have to change gear when they need to and really get back into the game almost immediately both times was outstanding. Maybe could have had the three points if Taryn Campbell finishes his one-on-one chance at the end of the game. But other than that, I think there were probably longer stretches of this game where Cavalry were the better team. So I think Forge are maybe a little bit happier to claw back both times and get a pretty important point on opening weekend.
0: Yeah, as Arto mentions in the chat, really good start by Jordan Hamilton as well and his campaign, Mm -hmm. great penalty by him, a player that we earmarked in our preview show as someone who looks very different physically and feels very different mentally heading into this year. And he got the start in this one. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about some of the players on both sides. But before that, we go back to Tim Horton's field after the match. Here's some reaction. Here's head coach Bobby Smirniotas.
2: We play this game to score goals, so it, it's not something that phases us uh, for the ball uh, to go into the back of our net. You know, we've been consistent as a group over the years. Uh, we want to make sure we do that, uh, but at the same time, it's something that you have to prepare for as a team. Uh, you're playing, uh, you're part of sports. You know, it's, uh, the whole point of the game is for somebody to score points, score goals. Um, so you have to be prepared for that mentally, and that's something we talk about a lot in, in training. It's just uh, leaving that to the side and getting back to what we uh, we need to do, uh, because you know both of those goals kind of come from a little bit uh, of a down period of ours. And I think that's something uh, we just need to, uh, to look at. And that's uh, the beauty of these first games of the season.
0: All right, Charlie, question three, of the five burning questions I've got for you. Time for the list of your greats. Which players, if any, reached a threshold where you felt they stood out above the rest on Saturday?
1: Yeah, there, there were some. I have to start with Noah Jensen, who you know for the second Forge game in a row has come into that midfield with Cal Becker suspended and done an incredible job. As a young player who's now in his second professional season, uh, he looks like he's just continuing to to develop and grow, and he just is able to cover ground so well in that midfield role, kind of in the the two of him and Sizoko ahead of Alessandro Uh The passing was phenomenal, and, and obviously the little attacking spark he provides as well. Um, I'll also give I want to give a shout out to Ali Musi, Cavalry as well. Um, he was playing on the wing there in this mm. game. He played a few different roles last year, but he seemed to really fit. Out wide in this one, he brought down a lot of the long switches of play that either Dan Klomp or Cal Montgomery were sending over to him. He was beating defenders a lot. Uh, Kwesi Poku has his hands full in this game, I think, as, as Forges fullback. So good in for him. And then Meyer Bevan, a goal and an assist is about as good as you can ask for as a, a striker is kind of the, the focal point of Cavalry's attack in this game.
0: You know, I like those. All good shouts for sure. Um, let's go back to Tim Hortons and hear from, I, I guess, the man of the match, Noah Jensen.
1: Yeah, I mean, the support today was unreal. I think uh, we were all kind of in awe when we walked out uh, for the national anthem. And we love the support of the city. We love seeing the the banner put up for our championships. And having that kind of support behind you makes you you play at another level. And uh, I think that's kind of how you saw us fight back into the game today. You know, the, the crowd was behind us the whole time, and we were able to find a way back into the game twice. So.
0: There's Jensen, only 23, now coming into his third full season at Forge. Feels like another ceiling is coming. As you mentioned, seemingly stepped in perfectly for Kyle Becker in the final last year when Becker was suspended. Becker was still suspended here. And Mm -hmm. don't look now, probably the deepest team in the CPL already is getting deeper in midfield. You talk about Ali Ali, Ajabapur, Abubakar Sissoko. Jensen played there really well on the weekend. Cal Becker was suspended. He's got to find a time to get in there as well. Um, Janssen, who says he's still a midfielder, but still plays at centre back. (laughs) Maybe we're ending that career as a midfielder. We don't know. (laughs) But just to give you an example of how many players can play midfield for Forge, it is quite scary. Uh, Question four for you, Charlie. For Cavalry, you saw a different shape. You mentioned Moosey on the left. You praise the front four in your analysis. Remember everybody listening here on the newsroom show presented by Volkswagen. You can read all analysis at campl.ca. Interesting, Charlie, that they went almost in a 4-4-2 when you think you praise the midfield of Forge that you've got to be brave to make that work if you're going to sacrifice that number in midfield to play a 4-4-2 against Forge. Um, how did they do it and did it work? Yeah, I think I think it did. I mean, especially the uh
1: the first goal they scored seemed to be a bit of a direct product of, of this formation. It was a 4-4-2, but at times looked a bit like a 4-2-3-1 with Joe Mason playing a little bit deeper off Meyer Bevan, number 10 second striker role, uh, which Tommy Wilden Jr. says he's played for most of his career. Uh, and I think that looked really, really good. You know, obviously a lot of those switches out to Kantav and Ali Moussi, they'd cross back in. Joe Mason arriving in the box a little bit later, being a little bit higher up is kind of what helped Produce that first goal where he gets on the ball there, uh, plays it off the turf into Meyer Bevan for the finish. And I think, you know, you want to see them be a little bit more clinical at times, but that's what comes when these players play together. And I think the number one key is that these four players need to remain fit together on the pitch.
0: Yes, yes very well said. Um, with more, here's Tommy Wilden Jr. after this game.
3: That's what these games are about. They're, they're tight affairs. You know, they're never going to be nil nils. Right, that's for sure, because we gamble, and with quality players like Mickey and Ali and Joel Mason, Maya, you know you've always got goals in them, but you also have to be patient. And in the first game of the season, where people are still trying to find their rhythms and their fitness, you know it's going to be open at times. So uh, we, we were delighted to, in the manner in which we scored our goals and disappointed in the way we give them away. But it's a step in the right direction.
0: The right direction from Tommy and a step in the right direction for Cavalry fans to be entertained. If you mention those four players, if they can stay fit, a lot more goals you would expect certainly chances to be created this season. One of those key players who could take another step forward this season. Let's hear from Mickey Cantal.
3: We deserve a lot of credit, you know, from from the staff, all
4: the way to the to the players. You know, it's a new group this year. You know, we had guys on Ramadan, guys making their debut for the club and I think we put out a good solid performance. We always come here and try to win. You know, we weren't able to achieve that, but you know, I think it was a it was a solid point that we got, and and we just look to move forward and keep on building from from
0: today. Solid point, he describes it, and a fantastic goal from pot- potentially we'll go with the CPL's Haitian sensation, Charlie. I don't know whether we can go there yet, but uh, I think that's a pretty <laughs> I don't, good name for, for 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 that guy. All right, fifth burning question for you: What have we got this week for these guys? There's a lot on the tap coming forward. I mean, it felt like the get that the. the the off-season was quite long, but don't look now. All these teams are going into the fast lane on the highway pretty quick with what's to come. What what do Forge and Cavalry have to look forward to this week?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it definitely is not waiting around here. Forge are right back at it tomorrow night at home. They play FC Laval, the, the PLSQ champions. Uh, a tricky one that last year they played the PLSQ team as well in the first round at home. Wasn't their most convincing win. It was a little bit difficult for them early in the season, so that's a tricky one. Cavalry, obviously... A long cross-country flight to Vancouver Island to play Pacific on Thursday which is always a really tough one and it's a you know a, a lot of travel for a midweek game especially early in the season so those will both be very difficult ties but both teams that you know have their eyes set on a very long Canadian championship run this mm-hmm. year looking at the bracket so there will be you know quite a high priority in those games but then you know, the weekend is uh is also important as well for your, at home again. They've got the start of the year with these three in a row. They're playing Halifax, who looked you'll get to it later, but they looked quite good in Ottawa on the weekend. Uh, so that'll be a, a difficult one. And Halifax have always been a bit of a tricky team for Forge, I think historically. So uh so is that and Cavalry will stay out in Vancouver Island. They're playing Pacific again. Uh again, is this the schedule to start the year is a little bit weird. We have a lot of teams playing a team twice in the first week, but uh that, That'll be, you know, again, that's a fixture that's always been pretty dramatic and pretty entertaining and and one that Cavalry will quite want to to get three points in on the road at a, a difficult venue.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, it's a big it's a big year for the Canadian Championship. It starts right away. You mentioned it, both those teams, Forge and Calvary, two of the best in the CPL with big aspirations to move forward as well. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. Um, thanks, Charlie. Appreciate your time here. We'll get you back on later in the, uh, I guess, well, maybe late ne- ne- next week when we look back and look forward to what is another week in the Canadian Premier League. So we appreciate your time here. Uh, from Hamilton, we make the five-hour drive east to Ottawa, where we recap an entertaining opener hosted by the regular season champions. Let's bring our own Benedict Rhodes on assignment for this one. Benny, great to see you. Uh, I'll ask Charlie what he thought of the first game. He went with an eight and set the standard, which I love. Overall, what number out of 10 would you give this contest in terms of its overall compelling factor?
5: Yeah, I'll go for a seven. I think I think it maybe wasn't as exciting as a Forging Cavalry game, but uh, you know, season opener, first game of the season is always exciting. These two teams have have... I've scored at least one or two goals in every single meeting i have ever had. Uh never been a nil-nil. So you knew there's gonna be goals in this one. And and as you see there, if you're watching on, on YouTube at the moment, Zach Fernandez scores early in this game on a quick counterattack from Halifax. And if you're a Halifax fan, I think that's a very exciting thing to see because you know, last season they struggled with with things like quickly getting up to pitch and, and scoring goals and and maybe were hesitant at times. So I think if you're a Halifax fan, you're you know, excited by, by what you saw in this game and And if you're an Ottawa fan, you know, it was a fantastic crowd in Ottawa at TD Place and, uh, you know, definitely a game you you want to build on and and can continue to build on going into the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, what a great occasion, first of all. Beautiful weekend across Canada. The sun was out. Remember that we ended the season in Ottawa at TD Place with over 15,000 for the final to get. Over half of that, again, back for the first game. That's right, over 7,000 people there to, to cheer on the regular season champs. And a shout-out also to the travelling contingent, a lot of Halifax Wanderers fans in attendance as well, which was fantastic to see. And I know speaking to some of those players and their coach, Patrice Geiser, who were at the York United game yesterday anticipating for their, their weekly game there in the Canadian Championship, that, me- that meant a lot to them. Uh, but Halifax were in this as well the entire time Benny so you know in the end the game would end 1-1 the main story from this was how quickly a new look Halifax adapted to the level Uh, and I think we're full value for at least a point here we have to be remember we went in thinking everyone would be talking about the home team after what they did last year Um, you were very encouraged by them as a team as well written by obviously in your analysis on Campio.ca. what areas in particular impressed you?
5: Yeah, just their, their fearlessness, I think, was the, the the exciting thing. I think you know they have a lot of young players, a lot of players following Patrice. Guys are from from League One Ontario. Uh, a lot of players coming from the university system, whether it's in Canada or the states as well. Uh, and a lot of players who just you just came in and, and they weren't they weren't phased by the occasion at all. You know, it could be easy to making a professional debut in the home of the regular season champions in front of a big crowd like that. But uh, they, they just they just didn't look phased by it at all. They they looked they looked up for it. Um, and and you know Zachary fernandez after the game you know age is just a number like they they didn't see that as a as something that could inhibit them at all in this game and, and they definitely showed
0: yeah they looked like a new identity already which was really interesting and they, as patrice said i think they were very close to winning the whole game it's just that little little extra added time in the first half and of course a little bit of magic from Hollywood himself ollie bassett all right betty time for your list of greats which players stood out the most in this one for you
5: uh the, the top one I think was Lorenzo Caligari the midfielder for Halifax he was he was excellent in this game everything went through him in midfield for Halifax and uh I know you compared him to Sergio Busquets <laughs> um I'm not sure he's quite that level just yet but uh he's he's got a high pedigree he came into this league with um you know a lot of uh, expectations after playing at PSG and Genoa um and and he showed his quality in this game he was going on both sides of the ball he he's, if he's watching on YouTube you saw the highlights there and he started the, the counter attack for the, for the first goal by breaking up the play in midfield against a former wanderer, Sam Salter. Um, and, and just throughout this game, he, he was everywhere. He was, he was tireless and, and everything went through him.
0: Anybody else on your list of greats or are we just going to go with the great Lorenzo himself?
5: Yeah. Ollie Bassett as well. You know, he's, you know what he can do. He's the, the reigning player of the year in this league and, and he, he was full value as well. He, he scored the, the opening goal for Ottawa and probably should have had a second one late in the game there. Um, but but uh, he was pretty frustrated by that miss as well, and he he used full value as he always is.
0: Yeah, one star there already and one star in the making. Maybe the CPL's version of Sergio Busquets for Lorenzo Caligari. We'll go with that. Uh, those who don't know, as Benny touched on him, he did play for PSG under Unai Emery. He was also in Paris Saint-Germain's, first, Paris Saint-Germain's game for Zinedine Zidane's first ever manager job, job for Real Madrid in a preseason-friendly once held in North America. He played for PSG that day. Uh, the pedigree is there. We saw how classy he was in that game as well on the weekend. Um, all right, burning question number four. As for Atletico Ottawa, Benny, let's focus on them a little bit. It was a new-look attack. In fact, only Bassett of that really front six, I suppose we should call it, were the one who was involved last year, which is a big, big turnover for a team that won a title. Uh, Malcolm Shaw started the game on the bench. Carlos Gonzalez was not that happy with Sam Salter, calling him out in the press conference afterwards as well. Was that fair, and what did you make overall of the team as an attacking unit?
5: I think it probably was fair. I think it was part, maybe also just from, from Carlos, just trying to maybe spark something for the next week, for the next game, just to sort of say like, look, you're you're a good player, so so show it. Um, I think there were times in in the game where he he kind of drifted in and out of the game. He wasn't really involved. He was same with Johnny Santos as well on the other side. He was kind of just 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 not fully involved from from minute one to minute ninety. And and uh, and there were times where you know the 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 lines weren't linked, I guess, between the, the midfield and the attack. And and that's something we've seen from Ottawa before, of course. Mm-hmm. there have been times in, in past seasons where they've they've struggled to, to get their attackers into the game and uh, it's just a, unfortunately for them more of the same in this one
0: One positive they did get a first half goal they only had four first half goals last season and two of them came in their final game so that is a positive that at least they start in the next direction although they don't play at home this week we'll get to that shortly uh, with more though let's go back to TD Place and here's Carlos Gonzalez
2: uh, The external factors are factors that in, in, in pro football uh, you have to well, you have to manage them well, okay? You have to manage those situations, those internal emotions. We, we know that we have a younger team this year, this season, so they have to grow by, by learning in this type of situation how to manage, uh, well, maybe the pressure that they create themselves or, or the pressure that they can feel in, in certain scenarios. But you know, this is going to be about day by day working on them, and, and they have the important thing is that they have the, the talent. You know, everything is you can build from from that, and uh, I'm sure that from from now on, in the future, we will see a, a team that, that it will grow in this matureness in the decision making in in each moment. Because I felt that we were we were getting there, and then in the last third, where where you have less space and time to decide, is when we started to make many many mistakes and we didn't decide it well.
0: As usual, a very measured response there from the Atletico Gaffer. And the opposite side, we had Patrice Geiser making his move from League One Ontario with Vaughn all the way through the Halifax Wanderers, making his CPL debut. Here are some of his thoughts after this one.
4: I couldn't be more proud of him. I mean, of course, he was great. And I thought the other guys, like Dan Nimick, who's out of college, who's a young man, was fantastic. Riley was great. And same as Massimo Ferran. I mean, you know, nobody's born a pro. Everyone needs a chance. But we have a lot of good guys that put their arms around them and made them feel comfortable. And, you know, we're, we're really a true family. And I think we have such a positive culture that, you know, they just said, hey, it's okay to make mistakes, but it's what you do after that will define you and make you a better pro.
0: they of course, referring to the four players that have made their professional debuts. All right, Benny, what's next for these two as they go head-to-head again?
5: Yeah, he, he said they're, they're up against each other once again on uh, on Wednesday uh, playing at York Line Stadium, a neutral site game, but we're expecting a lot of Ottawa fans and, and probably some Halifax fans as well coming to this one. So that should be exciting. Um, Yeah, both both teams are looking to, to build. Both of them said after the game, like, they now that they've played each other once, they, they maybe know a bit more about what to expect from each other. And uh, I think, you know, Wednesday's rematch will, will be just as exciting and maybe even more so uh, as both of them, you know, look to, to continue their, their strong start of the season.
0: Yeah, that's in the Canadian Championship, of course. And uh, no, Atletico Ottawa had a very successful season last year from worst to first, of course, but have zero success in that competition under the Atletico banner. So they'll be keen to certainly turn that around. Benny, we thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Enjoy the games. And of course, read camp.pl.ca for more of Benedict Rhodes' analysis. We stay in Ontario for our next stop and bring in our own Mitchell Tierney, who was on location for us as Valor FC started the season with an absolute bang in the soaring heat, defeating York United by two goals to nil as usual opening question for you mitch overall what number would you give this one out of 10 for the compelling factor of this
3: i'll give it a seven Uh, i think charlie went a little (laughs) low bar on calling forge Calvary at eight um but i'll give it a seven just i mean it wasn't always the prettiest football Uh, i mean we see the the own goal there if you're watching um on the the youtube feed um and in the first half especially you know it kind of felt like what it was, which was two teams with, you know, 13 combined new players um, playing for them this season. And that's 14 if you count Raph heen who missed um, all of last year with Valor. So there were sides who were very much figuring out what they're going to look like this year. Um, you know, what new players were going to come into their lineup. And, you know, it's something that Phil Dos Santos said in his post-match press conference. You know, it's all a concept until you see it on the field. And what we saw from Valor was, you know, significantly better and significantly more promising from what we saw from York and um, for Valor, a, a pretty ideal start to the season. We've talked about two things, and it was another thing, you know, Dos Santos said after the match, and he knows this number, the 22 points they gave up from winning positions last year. They were able to hold on in this one and and get a, an important road result when, again, last year, um, I think it was their final seven, they were unable to pick, a mat, or pick up a win, and six of those in a row were a loss on the road uh, to end the season. So, you know, an away win, where you hold on to a lead, that's a pretty ideal start if you're Valor.
0: Yeah, and one of those games last year you mentioned was where they were winning at York Lions Stadium when they were going for the playoffs and they losing that game. Um, by the way, Charlie's not here to defend himself because he worked so hard he's probably written a thousand-word essay since okay. he's last been on here. Uh, but I'll defend him. I think eight's fair. If he goes nine early, we know, we want to wait for the three threes and the four fours this season to come in. Um, it, so he's no longer here to defend himself. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll try and get in there. Uh, time for your great Mitch. Which players truly stood out for this one? in this one. And there was a lot of good performances. We were there. Many of us were there watching. Um, who who makes your list as the greats for
3: this? Yeah, you've only given me three. And I think I could very easily just go the three. Valor you can name more if you want. <laughs> fair, fair enough. So, the, I mean, the, the Valor midfield three was excellent. They controlled the tempo of the game. And last year, we didn't see nearly enough from Valor in the middle of the park. It was often, you know, defense to forwards. Um, there wasn't that much in, in transition in the middle of the park. And, you know, first and foremost, Rafael O'Hen. I mean, uh, Phil Dos Santos called him a joy after the match. And I think that's a very fair way of putting his performance. He just had that electric aspect on both sides of the ball in the midfield, Um, helped them to keep up a really good tempo where, you know, they were moving the ball side to side and possessing it, but often they were able to get it forward and, and into good positions. Um, I also really like the injection of Dante Campbell, who was able to sit a little bit further back and play almost a destroyer a little bit in, in midfield. And another guy, I mean, if you look at all three of the midfielders, they had nearly 90% pass accuracy. And, you know, that wasn't like they were just being allowed to pass. You know, at times, York really put pressure on those guys and they were able to pass through it. And that was very impressive as well. And then, um, you know, I think in attack with Rhea and Dyer departing the. Club, there was a lot of questions around who was going to be that, that attacking catalyst for Valor. And uh Pacific uh, stepped up and was incredible. I mean, six chances created, had the assist, um, could have easily had more. And what I liked about him is he's so fearless. I mean, he had 10 dribble attempts, only four of them came off, but he was constantly willing to just, you know, run at that York back line to to attack them directly. And um, and a very exciting player. I mean, that assist to, to Novak was was you know incredible.
0: Yeah, very very well said. I think Pacific Niangabere is a name we're going to be hearing a lot every week on this show. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the story, go read up a little bit about it. But played in the Australian A-League, Rundi International, electrifying pace. And uh, as we saw on Sunday at York Line Stadium, le- lethal from wide areas. And you mentioned there Rafa Ohin as well. What a fantastic story. For those who don't know, Ghanaian moved to Winnipeg to try and start a new life. Really try and get opportunities to play. And in the end, came great friends with um, Rob Gale, the former Valor FC coach, who nicknamed him appably the, the Rhino, which is also fits well with his name. Um, but uh, you know the way that he the, the way that he dominates on the pitch, and missed every game last season after doing his ACL in preseason. season um, So great to see O'Heen back on the pitch and dominating the way they did. Let's hear from the man himself after this one.
2: Yeah, I felt good. Uh, I mean, we have we have something good going on on there. Uh, good chemistry. Uh,
5: like I said, we've been working on it for the past. Uh, uh eight weeks of preseason and Guti and Dante are players that I'm really familiar with and I played with them uh, uh 2020 in the bubble PEI so yeah I know I know
2: what they can do and then you know just like I put my energy into it and all three of us click and it, and it works out well.
0: Guti, of course, being Diego Gutiérrez, it was tremendous as well. Uh, Talking of turning around uh, a comeback story after an ACL, Anthony Novak, who missed every minute of last year's play for Cavalry FC, now with Valor. He returns from an ACL injury after missing last year. And what a lovely, delicate finish that was with soft feet to make it 2-0, Mitch. Uh, He was there again. He's never far away from the headlines. Uh, Should we be surprised?
3: No, I don't think we should. Although, you know, with both him and Oheen, you're never sure how a player is going to return from an injury like this. I mean, not only does it take, you know, so much mental perseverance to to get through it and to, to put in all the necessary work to come back, um, to get back to that standard. And again, to do it without all of the little other muscle injuries that can, you know, crop up from the imbalances that come with it. It's incredibly impressive. And I mean, look, this is the third side he scored with in the Canadian Premier League. The, the last regular season game he played with for Cavalry all the way back in, in 2021, he scored in that one too. So this is a guy who knows how to score in the Canadian Premier League. And you know, the only real question going into the season was what does he look like after that long injury layoff? And you know, we certainly got our answer. Um, you know, he's still every bit the, the Anthony Novak that we've come to expect, and so important for a Valor team that you know, still does have kind of that defensive identity to have that out ball, to have that player who can hold up the ball, to bring Kian Williams, to bring uh, Pasovic into the play. Um, I think that's so important and going to be a key for them this season.
0: Yeah, great. Well, very well said and terrific movement on the goal just to get in between the, the fullback Paris G and Brem Samari. You could see Nico Gianzopoulos was very frustrated with the defenders not not tracking. More on York in a second, but with more on Valor, let's go back to York Line Stadium. Here's Philip DeSantis on his new number nine.
6: Another one, right? That uh, needed a bit of. He needed someone to trust. Um, he is a little bit like the situation of Rafaoui, He never quits. You know, when you go through adversity and you you think at some point that maybe the game's gonna be taken away from you, uh, you start thinking things differently and you 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 grow. In many cases, and sometimes that growth is taking your career a little bit more serious. I'm not saying I didn't know Novak before. I know the character and the individual now. Um, and he's, he's just a pleasure to have around. He's a guy that's going to enjoy every day uh, and, and, and enjoy training and be committed to what we're going to bring. And I think that when, you, when you're honest in your work and the way you do things, there's good that's going to come to you. So it's another one that I'm happy to see to see score. And um, Novak is Novak. You don't forget, right? He scored a lot in this league. He's someone who manages to find the right spaces in the right moment. And um, that's him. Uh, happy for him. And now we have to keep going.
0: As usual, some wise life lesson words there from Philip DeSantos. <laughs> uh let's go to York, Mitch. Very disappointing. And I know there's some excuses there, um, particularly injuries. No Tasmuda Kudis, no Roger Thompson, no Michael Petrasso, no Elijah Anacubi, and others. Um, what went wrong with the players on the pitch?
3: Well, I think some in part to those injuries, you know, players were in positions that weren't necessarily um, their best positions or they were most comfortable in. I mean, the back line in particular was just a little bit disorganized. You had Johnny Grant playing back, which, you know, I think is something they want to do this season, but alongside, um, you know, Brem Samaro who's another player making his York United debut. Um, it's not ideal to have, you know, two players who uh, haven't played a competitive match for York yet uh, next to each other. When one of them's not naturally been a center back, um, you know, I thought, you uh, the, the fullbacks had some issues passing out of the back as well. Um Valor really tried to press them and, and was able to catch them um, unawares a lot of times. And, you know, we talked about the, the great midfield balance that Valor had, and I just don't think it was there. Uh, Elijah mm-hmm. Adekubi was a huge loss. And, you know, I really like Usama Alu. I think there's a lot to like about his player. He's not a six. I, I don't think he was able to, you know, play that more deep-lying role, Um, you know, I guess he pushed forward a little bit at times, but I think there was some imbalance there where Gang was more to the left and, you know, that allowed um, Valor to really consistently attack to the right. And um, I really liked, uh, you know, what uh, what they were able to exploit there. But obviously there's, there's some concerns. And the final one, I mean, just finishing 10 shots inside the box, only two of them you know, got to ran Yesley's net. That was a major issue last year and they created the chances again, as they did many times last season, but um just not clinical enough. And you know, that's worrying.
0: Yeah. Worrying for sure. And as Ozzie Di Rosario on the bench, Brian Wright preferred to it to him as a number nine in this game. Mobile really couldn't quite get into the game. You mentioned the shots and a lot of the attacking stats, they look good. The XG looks good, but to be honest, a lot of it came too late. Here's their head coach, Martin Nash on this one. And again, not really playing from the start.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I thought the first half was okay. Um, There's a few things we wanted to clean up. uh, And we just didn't come out second half with any energy, which, uh, you know, maybe I had to have a go at at halftime and I didn't. Just tried to uh, get some organizational things that we had missed um, or weren't doing well in the first half. And we didn't start playing until we went down 2-0. And uh, it's it's a bit of a shame because we showed the quality we do have and went down 2-0 had a lot of chances, but uh, just couldn't find the back of the net.
0: Well, good, good things come for those who, who wait. And also, when teams lose, what do they want, Mitch? They want games fast. They don't want to wait a long time. And they get that with this week. What's uh, what's on top this week for both these teams?
3: Well, for, for York, uh, we'll, we'll go first and foremost. You know, you don't want to there's no reason to set off alarm bells after one match, but they've got back-to-back games against expansion side Vancouver FC first in the Canadian championship and then in the league. So, you know, if they aren't able to pick up results in those, then you start to, to get a little bit concerned. Um, something that they've dealt with before, obviously last year playing Pacific and in, in back-to-back games um, in the Canadian championship and in, in the league. And they were able to deal with that. Well, I think they got a draw in both of them, ultimately winning on penalties against Pacific to advance. So, Uh, they'll be well experienced with this and you know um, hopefully that with all the injuries and that sort of thing they can manage the squad for for both of those matches then for Valor um, you know obviously starting the season in an ideal fashion now they head out on the road again to to Rovers which will be a tricky match you know Rovers are coming into this match with a lot of confidence being the League One BC champions and um, I think that should be an intriguing one and then you know, they host Ottawa in the home opener. So if you want to continue to make a statement as Valor, I think you've got every opportunity to pick up just your second Canadian championship win. And then, you know, to to get a result against the 2022 regular season champs. Um, yeah, Valor's got to some very intriguing matches this week.
0: Yeah, fascinating stuff. And reminded that TSS Rovers Valor FC game is the third of a triple header on Wednesday at 10.30 Eastern, more importantly, 7.30 local. Go out there, buy your tickets, support the club. Um, and uh, and, and, and uh, again, all games live on one soccer as well. But what a special day that will be. And remember, York United versus Vancouver FC, the winner, the incentive is, it's a whole to host the Vancouver Whitecaps in the next game as well. Uh, So that'll be special. Uh, Mitch, you're always special. Appreciate you, my friend. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for this. Sounds good. Thanks. Last but not least, we head out west for the Tony Bet match of the week as Vancouver FC played their first ever game against local rivals, Pacific FC, making the trip across on the ferry, just like our next guest. Alexander gangu who also made the trip across on the ferry. And I had the pleasure of sitting next to you at the game, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's start with this. The number one question I've asked everybody else. It was a new team, a new rivalry. Overall, number out of 10 for you, would you give this in terms of the compelling factor?
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, we've, we've seen some mid, uh, I guess, similar numbers across the board. I'm going to go a bit higher than what I saw from most. and I'm going to go an eight. Just because, in terms of compelling storylines, I mean, it was it was there in the writing. It was the first ever CPL BC Derby name to you know to be determined. So far, I've liked the Salish Sea Derby. I've seen some also some funny ones as well. I'm sure I, I, with time we'll see some good names. But just you saw the away support, how fantastic it was. Almost a hundred Vancouver fans. You saw the loud Pacific fans when they scored. That building erupted. Like you heard it alongside me. It was loud. Uh, in there and then in terms of the game itself it was a bit of a chess match you kind of almost expected that giving Afshin Gutby and you know James Merriman were going head to head and in the end it started a bit slow but it finished very strongly as we saw here with this Manny Aparicio goal where he hit it with absolute peach of this half volley volley I think it's just the half volley and then went and shushed the away fans I mean it's everything you want right it's the derby it's you know goals like this and overall it ended up being a pretty good game.
0: It was a great game. I, I love the number you give it eight. It was very compelling. Had a lot of everything. Vancouver Football Club were in it. They part, They were a big part of this story. They defended very well, and I know they wrote their look a little bit. There was a number of chances there, uh, but it was a really good number that you gave it there as a compelling. We got to find a derby name at some point. Mm-hmm. I love what you said there. What about the Salish <laughs> That's derby? What
8: Pacific's going to go for for now. I think certainly uh, Manny Aparicio will, will, will lay
0: claim to that one. I think we can start that. I mean, they're never going to have another first game with the Shosh, so let's put that in there. Let's get into Vancouver Football Club then. They had a clear game plan. AGR, you and I were almost uh, scouting them every minute of the game when we were breaking them down, watching the game live. What impressed you the most about the way that they played?
8: Yeah, I mean, with with Vancouver, it was just, yeah, the organization, especially in midfield. I think that was expected because, you know, it's an expansion team. You'd be almost foolish to come out and want to play fast and loose. It's something where it's just a recipe for disaster, but it was impressive how organized they were, especially in midfield. It's not easy to play in midfield in this league. We've seen other teams struggle and they look very organized. And especially because that was something I noted in my analysis this wasn't the expected midfield group. I mean, we kind of expected uh, Elliot Simmons, Gail Sandoval, uh, you know, some of these more familiar faces. And then someone like Nima Mozani slots in, the, the former Tigers midfielder. Great story you know, signs straight out of the open trials. He goes in for his first game. He actually recently had a facial fracture too. So he was coming off all sorts of knocks. And, you, you know, you had Caden Chung playing his first ever game in midfield. I'm pretty sure, at least for the, C- in the CPL, it's first time I've seen him in the middle. And they just controlled the game. They were just so organized defensively, doing well to, to close the space. And then when they grew in confidence in the second half, there's a good 20, 25 minutes where Vancouver was the team almost that was I was pushing, that was being the initiator and Pacific was almost taken aback like, whoa, what's going on? They had to make some changes uh, to adjust. And I think that's a good sign from Vancouver because Pacific's a good team. This is a team that you know is going to be a favorite to be among the top. So Vancouver is able to go out there in their building, give them shots, controlled parts of the game, uh, you have to be very encouraged by that.
0: Yeah, very encouraged and much to be proud of. Ah, here's some of the thoughts of their always thoughtful head boss, head coach. Here's their boss Ashwin Gopi.
2: First of all, I'm very, very uh, proud of the, the players because I think they they perform at their best and they gave their all, and that's all we can ask for as a as a manager. I think structurally we stayed uh, disciplined and organized throughout the match. Uh, there were moments that uh, there were mental and individual mistakes, and that's. Uh, it has a lot to do with their youth and their excitement and uh, having their first opportunity to play professional football. Sometimes when you look at them they look like old men and uh, physically they look very strong and in their late twenties but when you look at their birth certificate, they're, some of them are 20, 21 years old and very, very young. Uh, I also have to thank all the visiting fans and the host fans. I think they created a beautiful atmosphere. It was my first experience as a manager to be in CPL and I really enjoyed uh, everything about it except the results.
0: Very well said. Still had a smile on his face at the end of it, as we would expect. What about Pacific FC then, AGR? They get the three points. Uh, what impressed you about them and maybe some of the adjustments they made?
8: Yeah, I think that was the big thing for Pacific, the adjustments, because Vancouver almost seemed to surprise them, just so compact in that 4-3-3, but really was a 4-5-1, just taking all sorts of space and you could tell Pacific wanted to control the middle. They always want to. They're trying to break those lines, and they, they just weren't there. And it kind of left them to play around the periphery. We saw it at the back, trying to get it up to the fullbacks. You know, George McCumbel was really trying to push forward in particular, but they just couldn't unlock the combinations, you know, other than there was a couple of mistakes. That's where Pacific kind of got their joy and transition. But in the second half, what I liked was they were struggling to get wide threat, uh, you know, and they brought on – you know, some some new faces. And in the end, Iman Salouf ended up really changing the game. He was someone where they subbed him in on that left wing for Janeiro Daniels, who, you know, was more of a striker instead of a winger. And it kind of showed at times the way he wanted to tuck inside. And when Salouf came on, he was just running at, you know, at, at uh, Vancouver FC. And, and that opened up space because all of a sudden they were pushing back and back and back. And I think that the goal that Pacific scored, it was so fitting because you look how deep that Vancouver line was. They weren't deep like that during the whole game. And it started when you know Pacific made a run down that right side through Kunle Dadaluk, who was also another great uh, sub and really opened up the game. It pushed Vancouver back. Vancouver clears it. All of a sudden, there's this huge gap between their defense and midfield Pacific capitalizes. And I think that's key. I want, you know, if you're looking at Pacific, you, you want them to, to bring more of that verticality because they have some great speed on the wings. You haven't even talked about a guy like Kakuta Mane who didn't dress as he gets up to full speed if they can use that, all of a sudden it's going to open up more space for the midfield, which as we saw for that last 10, 20, 30 minutes when, when Aparicio, Young, you know, the, the, and, and Toussaint really got in the game, at Pacific, where they just hit another level.
0: Yeah, they, they certainly deserve the win. I'm, I'm not saying Vancouver Football Club deserved to lose, uh, but I think the way that Pacific were able to find a way to win, I think that it was certainly, um, definitely three points that, that they that they felt that they, that they deserved. Um, after the game on the island, I caught up with the island boy himself, head, head coach, here's James Merman. With the winning coach james merriman that was a tough one for you today what was it like for you yeah i think we made it a little bit more
9: difficult i thought we had some a couple of great chances in the first half and some in the second half that needed maybe a little bit more quality and, and calmness in that moment but it's the first match of the season so this is difficult with the emotion the energy and you know our first game so
0: In the end, it was a game of moments. And the big moment fell to probably your biggest player on the pitch at the moment. How special was that to see Manny put a ball like that in the net? Yeah, happy for him. And it's a class finish. It's a great
9: goal. He had been making runs in behind. The ball didn't come. He looked frustrated. And then he got his chance and he took it. So really happy for him to get started. It'll give him confidence and give him a lift. I think
0: you deserve a lot of credit here. Talk us a little bit about your changes. Because I think the addition of Kunle and particularly in Salouf gave you a little bit more directness. Was that some of the idea to stretch the opposition? Yeah, we started.
9: We started to come under a a little bit of pressure and concede territory, which we want to play in the attacking half. And and Daniels has been great for us in preseason. It was a little challenging, and George as well. So we thought Kunle Eamon showed his quality on on the ball.
0: Um, And I think the momentum shifted. Last one for you. It felt like a football game, no? With the, the away fans, Manny going over there, giving them a little bit of a little bit of noise. Yeah,
9: to be honest, the, the away fans, I give them credit. They were they were great, and the energy in in the stadium was excellent. And this is the way we wanted to start the season. Congratulations, James. Three Thank points. You. Thank you, KJ. Cheers.
0: Great start for James Merriman. All right, burning question number four for you, AGR. Time for your greats. Which players stood out for you on either on either side?
8: sure. I mean, on, on Pacific, I went Manny Aparicio as the player of the match. I mean, it's always hard not to pick and play the match. Just, again, the effort, the work rate he puts in and gets a well-deserved goal. It felt fitting just, you know, given the the effort he put in, uh, you know, otherwise on, on Pacific – I looked at someone at Bradley Vliet. He's someone I highlighted heading into the season as someone I really wanted to see. And I think he showed it in in this game. He was just so composed in possession. And so many times that left foot of his would break these lines. And on set pieces, they were lethal. He was just dropping dime after dime in the box for for the Pacific aerial threats to go after. So I thought that was a very encouraging first game from him on Vancouver. Cal Mervin, well, you know, they showed why they wanted to bring him in. He's going to be someone where... When Pacific took over the game, he really held on. And it was really, it took a perfect goal for Manny Aparicio to break the deadlock. Irving made some phenomenal saves, as we saw. There's one on Salou for it. Could have easily snuck in and ended up being a early goal of the season candidate. And he just clawed it over the bar and just kept calm and kept his troops organized. And then one guy I thought really grew in the game. I, in the first half, I was kind of, you know, on the fence about him was Min Jae But in the second half, he really kind of almost instigated the Vancouver turnaround. I mean, they were playing a lot better in midfield, but he was just making these runs up the left side. And what's fascinating is that he's two-footed. He took a free kick with his right in the first half, then he took a free kick with his left. And they were both, you know, decent. And you're like, okay, that's going to be a huge asset for him, the way he runs at defenders. You don't know if he's going to go left and right. And once he started to get his feet, I thought he really controlled that left flank in the second half.
0: Yeah, very well said. Um, uh, Some love, of course, in the chat for Vancouver. um, Some love for Ibrahim Bakri as well, who played right back as well. Lots of players played really well in that one. Uh, With more on the Vancouver Football Club reaction, head back to the stadium. I caught up uh, with their goalkeeper and star player after the game. Joined by Callum Irving. Narrow defeat. What are the the overall emotions?
4: Disappointment, obviously. You know, you never like losing a game uh, to start the season, especially against a rival, but... I'm also, on the flip side, extremely proud of the guys. Um, you know, we've been together eight weeks, and we've made so much progress in those eight weeks. And I think for a lot of guys making their professional debuts today, um, seeing what it's like to play under real pressure, I'm just so proud of how guys reacted. Um, we fought till the end. We didn't get on each other. We just stuck to what we, you know, wanted to do, and, and we had some great chances. And um i think we definitely could have gone away with a result but uh that's football for you so you know um but yeah at the end of the day i'm i'm proud and i'm i'm already thinking about the next one
0: you made some big saves but you weren't incredibly busy mm-hmm. i mean I, I think about the couple of chances you had really came from mistakes yeah. um, and the particularly one on your old roommate there josh heard which i'm sure was pretty nice for you to have at that <laughs> <Yeah>. moment <laughs> yeah. um but overall what did you see from your team in front of you defensively that allowed you to think that you can get points in this league going forward
4: there was just an effort and organization um, and a willingness to try and fight for, for balls. I think in, in this league, you have to be willing to get the first and the second ball. Um, and I thought we, we really battled for that today. I think, you know, in those moments, like you said, we gave away chances. Uh, that was from our own mistakes. And that's going to happen to a team like us who's still trying to, you know, figure things out. There's going to be moments where we maybe uh, put a pass in the wrong area, do something a little too uh, risky on top of our box, and, and we might pay for it. Um, But we'll learn from that. That's the best part, is that everything that we do is a learning opportunity, um, and I know that we'll grow from it. What about the Manny shot? I mean, you faced a lot of mid-trading. What was it like? Pretty much standard Manny. (laughs) Um, If it's not going uh, six miles over the bar, it's going into the goal mostly. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It it started raining. Pitch got a little bit more wet, a little bit unsighted, and... uh, that's what he does he he takes big chances that's why he's one of the best players in our league he is last
0: one for you what was it like playing in front of your new fans who made a, a long trip yeah. here and they were very loud throughout and also some family members as well
4: yeah it was uh, unbelievable i cannot believe uh what these people did um showing up for our first game on the road the tifo they had the organization the passion they're all wearing gear it's just like it makes it feel even more real it's so special um and we definitely heard them we felt them and uh I hope they know that they're appreciated um, and, and that we loved it. And then, yeah, it's again, uh, I played here for three years, and in those three years, I was able to have family and friends come see me play, and it was no different today. And for me, I never take that for granted. Uh, being able to play in Canada, in my hometown, and, and having those people close by is, is what makes this league so special.
0: Appreciation is a good word. You appreciate them, we certainly appreciate you. A special day. Sorry you didn't get any points, but they'll they'll, they'll be here soon. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, appreciate KJ. Thank you. Thank you. Just a class act uh, all around. We thank One Soccer, of course, our fantastic partners with the audio on all the footage. Uh, final question for you then, mate. AGR, what's on tap this week for these two teams?
8: For sure. I mean, just to start with Pacific, um, they don't go anywhere. They'll be on the island. They get a double header with Cavalry, which is you know a nice way to just continue to ease into the season with the run of home games. They're always good at home. They get Cavalry in the Canadian Championship. They'll want revenge. Uh, there just because, you know, after last year, the way they went out to York, there was a very, you know, sour taste in their mouths uh, from that penalty shootout. And they've beaten Cavalry before in a Canadian championship. So they'll, they'll look back at those memories. Finally, we'll want to get uh, some some good memories there, just cause the draws have been laid out very nicely for them. A lot of home games, if they can get deep in the Canadian championship, and they'd avoid, you know, a lot of the, the, the dangerous MLS teams, so to speak, until later on. So no reason why they can't go on a run. And then They go right back at it on on the weekend against Calvary on Sunday it is. So if they can go and get a good result on on the week, they'll want to build off that in the weekend. If they lose in midweek, they're going to be extra motivated to get them back. As for Vancouver, they head over to to York. And uh, for a similar doubleheader, it's kind of funny the the way it works out for both of them. They get York in midweek and then they get York in the league. I think that's a pretty good matchup. I think you look across the league, the eight teams, uh, York was kind of the one where they're the most question marks if you're Vancouver that's kind of what you want you want a team that maybe isn't feeling fully confident you kind of want to strike while the iron is hot and you know maybe make a run in the Canadian championship I mean you know let's be real a Vancouver FC Vancouver Whitecaps Canadian championship Ooh. game in the next round not saying anything that just could be <laughs> that could be fun uh, We definitely need a derby name for that one uh, and then, of course, in the league, they'll want to get their their first points, their first win on the board on, on the weekend, which will be tough on the road. But you know, based on the, what they showed in this game, it's certainly
0: possible. Great stuff. Not saying anything, but truly saying a lot, as usual. agr we thank you for your time, and we'll see you next week. Of course, pleasure as always pleasure. Thanks, Alex. All right, before we end the game, so we end the game, end the show. It was a special day on the island, no doubt about it. It was a pleasure to be there with Alex and then over five thousand other people there inside that stadium for a packed house. Pacific Football Club hosting Vancouver Football Club. Both sides deserve a ton of credit. It was also a special day for one other individual that may have got lost a little bit in the story. Island boy himself, Josh Hurd, who's had a fantastic career so far. When he first came on the scene, he never thought he could play professionally in Canada. He went to the US, did the NCAA route, tried to get in with the Whitecaps, and now finds himself as being the skipper of his professional club on the island. I caught up with him after the match. With Skipper Josh Hurd, brought to you by Volkswagen here, presented by Volkswagen on the Newsroom Podcast. Josh. Overall, you got the win. Is that the main thing?
7: Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. I think there's obviously things that we want to do better, but it's, it's the first game of the year and uh, lots of time to improve on. But I think it was a pretty good night, first night. What do you think of it?
0: I thought it was fantastic. It's just a, a magnificent occasion, right? Ultimately, so. having the loud fans traveling as well, I think the whole atmosphere was made a big difference.
7: Yeah, I think just the whole, the whole game day experience was awesome. It's a very cool thing to be a part of, and hopefully it's the one of many uh, for years to come.
0: Many of games today. It was about Manny instead. Manny made it rain from the from the from the sky and also from the stands with beer <laughs> cans coming down. <laughs> Overall, what did you think when that went in?
7: Uh, I wasn't even thinking. I just started chasing him down to the corner to go celebrate with him, and then I realized we're in front of the away fans and. <laughs> I'm dodging beer cans here and there. It's uh, it's 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 why you play. It's uh, to be a part of uh, big moments like that. It's awesome and it's uh, it's funny. Man, is a great guy, great player. It's it's great. You're an
0: island boy, but you got some Welsh in you there for dodging beer cans.
7: Exactly. Yeah. Usually the 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 Welsh boys are catching the beer cans and drinking them, but not today. Not today.
0: Uh, I want to get a little bit more into it. But what about your role today? You play on the right hand side. What yeah. were some of the ideas behind that?
7: I think just changing it up a little bit. I. I uh, I didn't do it as much in past years, but I'm quite good getting it on my right foot and, and putting service in. I think that's what we wanted. We wanted a bit more service from that right side, and, and that, that's something like uh, uh, something I can do.
0: What about the entire game in terms of just getting that three points? You said you got a lot of things to work on, but ultimately three points in the bag is all that counts.
7: Yeah, three points is three points, and, and we're happy about it. Um, yeah, we can build on things, but just getting over the line and, and getting the first one under the belt, and more will come.
0: I don't know how much experience you've had in terms of playing former teammates or anyone close to you, like Callum Irving. You guys roomed on the road for a long time. Yeah. You had that moment against him there. What was that moment when you take <laughs> that shot? Why,
7: why are we bringing this up? No, it can't great. all be it <laughs> can't all be positive. <laughs> no, it's great. Callum's a great buddy, a great goalkeeper too. And uh, the ball bounced to me, and I was I was already celebrating in my head. I was like, "This is going in the goal!" But he made a great save, and uh, that's what he does. And that's that that's what he does for them too. So it's it's great to see um, have a couple jokes with him after. It'll be good.
0: You guys will always be special friends no matter what. Yeah, exactly. uh, what was the message from James Merriman after the game in terms of the way that you played?
7: Uh, just excellent. We keep building on this, and I think celebrate all these wins too. It's important. Last year, sometimes we would win, and we wouldn't really celebrate it. It, it would come in disappointed because we didn't play well. now nah, it doesn't matter. We won. Let's enjoy it. On to the next one.
0: On to the next one. And we've got a Canadian Championship week. I, I mean, we wait a long time for games and then suddenly three come in a week. That's <laughs> important.
7: Yeah, it is. It's good. Honestly, it's a great way to start the year. Three games right away in eight days, I believe it is. So it's uh, not not much time to think about it. On to the next one. And, and, and more football, the better.
0: Last one I want to end you with is this, is that you're an island boy. And I know you've moved around, and but you were named captain in the offseason. Yeah. You got to lead that team out today on yeah. the island. What was that like?
7: Is very special i mean i got my friends my partner my I, my family is all in the crowd i got old teachers old coaches so to walk the team out and represent the club like that it, it really is a special thing and uh i've been talking all week like how much it means to me and it's nice to actually show what it means to me now and show uh show it with my work ethic and everything out there so yeah
0: well you're a fantastic representative of the island and a great ambassador for our league congratulations on three points and
7: we'll Appreciate see you it. see you down the line sounds good thank you so much well done
0: Special man, special words, and uh, yeah, special start to the season. No doubt about it. Uh, Thanks, for everybody, for listening and watching. A reminder, what is coming up this week? And that's right. The football continues as early, as Charlie said, as Tuesday evening. And it doesn't get much better, let's be honest. Forge take on Laval. Uh, all these games you can catch on one soccer. CF Montreal struggling in Major League Soccer, taking on Vaughn That's right, the, the League One Ontario winners, including some former CPL players. That should be a fascinating tilt as well. Before we move to Wednesday's doubleheader at York Line Stadium, that's right. Buy a ticket. Buy a ticket for one game, you get two. That's right, you don't need two tickets. Buy a ticket and go watch Halifax Wanderers against Atlético Ottawa and York United against Vancouver Football Club. Maybe we get a penalty shootout, or one or two, maybe in the doubleheader there as well, uh, at York Lions Stadium on Wednesday, and then it carries on on Wednesday. TSS Rovers out West taking on Balla Football Club. That should be fantastic at the, at the marvelous Swanguard Stadium. And then on Thursday, as we just heard from Josh Hurd, Pacific FC, what a week they've had with the schedule makers. You get three home games in eight days. They take on Cavalry before they do so again this weekend in the CPL. Talking of which, take a look next week. Match day two, it carries on. York United take on Vancouver Football Club. That's an early one. Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. Triple header, of course, live on One Soccer again. Forge take on Patrice Geiser's Halifax who stay in Ontario. They were already here yesterday on Sunday for watching the game live at York Lions. Triple header continues into Winnipeg's home opener. That's right. Bala Football Club take on Atletico Ottawa. And then on Sunday the one game there is Pacific Football Club taking on Cavalry. Again, a rematch of Thursday's matchup. And that is it. We thank very much for Charlie, for Mitchell, for Benedict, to AGR and you for obviously watching. And as I said, a special occasion on the island on Sunday. We end if you weren't in the stadium with what it sounded like when the winner went in when manny started to make it rain